welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network, and we have a, a fun one in store today because coming back to the show for her second time around, we have the founder of Transcraps, Sally, on the show, and we're talking all about Russell Queerdom coming up on August 6th at the Hampshire Dome in Milford, New Hampshire. I got it right in this intro. You'll hear in the interview that there were some hiccups, but it's all right. Milford, New Hampshire, um, an area that has no professional wrestling, and Sally is bringing a historic show to that area on August 6th. It is North, it is North America's first all trans, non-binary, and gender non-conforming show. All of the wrestlers, um, all of the referees, all of as many of the people involved in this show as possible are from those uh, communities from within the LGBTQ broader community. And it is an amazing concept, uh, and the card that she has put together uh, already looks to be stacked. I mean, main event is Vinny making her North American debut against uh, Edith Surreal. Um, also, we have Candy Lee and Giselle Shaw going one-on-one, the winner of that facing Sunny Kiss. Stacked card from top to bottom. Um, all great talents. But Sally's back. We're going to talk about how the show came together. Uh, for her and her experiences becoming a, a first-time promoter in, in putting this together and just going to talk about what this show really means, what what statement it has, um, because it definitely, definitely has a statement. Uh, before we get there, though, uh, doing it from one first-time, I, I guess, promote. It's still weird to say promoter for myself to another, though, another first-time promoter. Of course, we... Uh, myself, Without a Cause, and Pride Style are all coming together to present Cascadia on September 11th. Uh, they're in Everett, Washington. And we announced another match. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but uh, joining our already announced Pride Style Championship match between Sandra Moon and Maxie Impaler, we have now the WAC Championship on the line. Kita defending against Ashton Star. I... I cannot tell you how excited I am Um, having those two matches announced out there live for everyone to see on September 11th. It's going to be so much fun. We have a lot more announcements to come, but uh, those two right there at the top, solid, solid matchups. Ashton making his debut in Without a Cause as well. So it's I don't know. I I'm giddy. I'm I'm all around just bubbling over with with joy at what we've done so far, and we've got so much more to come. Um, Beyond that, I will say it has been a bit of a frustrating week uh, when it comes to queer and marginalized identities and and their treatment uh, when it comes to the online sector of the pro wrestling world. Um, Looking at you, Wrestling Twitter, um, obviously the very odd opening to Raw this week with Titus O'Neil was uh, 
kind of head scratching uh, outside of you know the context of the entire Vincent Man uh, situation that is going on with all of the NDAs and uh, sexual relationships that have been reported uh, or, or alleged to have been reported, but the NDAs are not alleged. <laughs> Those are definitely real. Um, and sending Titus O'Neil out there to kind of give this uh, message to the audience that WWE is all about goodwill and spreading goodness throughout the world and mentioning these different marginalized communities uh, in and being able to put those th- those things to the side and just everyone enjoy wrestling together um, yeah obviously ring hollow I'm not the I, it's no breaking news banner for you to hear me say that I feel like the majority of people um, that have a discerning eye towards what goes on in pro wrestling uh, felt very very similarly the, to me when it came to that uh, that message, um, especially considering that they talked about Titus mentioned, you know, not presenting divisive topics on this show such as religion or um, or politics, and in the same and in the same message, you know, touting WWE support for the military and garnering a USA chant from the crowd. Um, Plus, you look right outside of that, you have the entire Lacey Evans thing that's going on on SmackDown. Doesn't really look good whenever you almost immediately contradict something that you say, especially when talking about divisive topics. But of course, for this show, specifically, and the lens that I cover per wrestling through, one big omission in all of that was uh, no mention at all of the LGBTQ community in that whole um, spiel there by Titus, which, you know, I don't know. You know what? I I don't know. I don't know why that wasn't included, especially whenever you're listing off these different sort of identifiers that are, or qualifiers rather, for marginalized or underrepresented communities, um, at the end of it. I do not understand why the LGBTQ community was left out of that, outside of the fact that, of course, um, WWE as a company definitely still feels like there are some issues there with their ability to uh, promote and treat LGBTQ people with the same sort of um, equity in that way. Obviously there are people there I always say this, there's always there are individuals there who are doing the proper work. You know, people like Sonya Deville. Um but on the whole, as a company from the top down, um WWE continues to leave something to be desired when it comes to that. And for us, our community to be uh exempted from that message, no matter how hollow it, it was um, is still frustrating. And staying on the topic of frustrating, um, there's a conversation to be had coming out of this entire situation revolving around the Effie and Sandra Moon spot, the clip that circulated and got the entirety of wrestling Twitter a buzz. You know, I've seen multiple people, multiple people that I that I know um, to some degree talk about how, you know, like 
simulated sexual assault spots in matches should be eliminated or there should be a discussion around how sex is displayed in pro wrestling because there is an inherent relationship there um in a way um com some people comparing simulated sexual the argument around sexual uh, simulated sexual assault spots to the same uh sort of arguments that we saw around the idea of intergender wrestling uh, being simulated domestic violence and the idea of consent and the idea of power dynamics in, in consent. There's a, there's a very nuanced and um, multifaceted conversation to be had, but what we didn't get was that in this whole situation. What we did get was a, a lot of people using this, this moment to spread homophobia throughout wrestling Twitter to continue to spread that homophobia through other social media channels um, and really just kind of go full mask off when it came to that and it just became an avenue for for hate and for um, uh, what's the right word I would say um, really the uh, it really became uh, a bit of a tool for these people to try and argue against queer identities as a whole uh, from a lot of the stuff that I saw, and that's not at all the conversation to be had. If that is the way that you wanted to talk about this, it is a very empty, hollow uh, way of doing it that really only shows more about who you are as a person than any thought you might have around this larger conversation topic. And it was really, really frustrating to see. Um, I know there's a lot more to unpack from this, and um, I, it is something that I do desire to do. Um, but that conversation is going to take a little bit of time to, to have and put together. It's not going to be a, a quick thing. Um, that being said, I have gone back and watched the full match. Um, between Effie and Sandaroon, and I will go ahead and say right now, like, you are 100% valid if you do not enjoy watching matches that have those kinds of spots in it. You're also 100% valid if you do, in my mind. Um, and also, watching the full match in context and seeing everything outside of just the three-second clip that circulated is also a very, very valuable thing that you can do to understand everything that goes into that. Not to mention Sandra's statement afterwards about, you know, wanting to do the spot. Granted, like I said before, there's a conversation to be had about power dynamics and that sort of thing, um, especially when it comes to the like different degrees of of profile when it comes to pro wrestling or as I saw Logan Black uh, tweet out about you know the trainer wrestler relationship which of course has been a huge topic of discussion since uh, the speaking out movement kind of kicked off back in 2020 but what we're not going to do is compare Effie to Joy Ryan because that is not an equivalence at all that is the, uh, such a false equivalence at this moment um, yeah it's, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Anyway. We'll end that there for now. We'll put a pin in it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be coming back on, on this show because I feel like it is a conversation that is worth having um, on this show in some way, shape, or form uh, at some point down the line. But for now, we have my conversation with Sally from Transcraps all about Wrestle Queerdom.
What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring. And I'm very, very delighted to have as my guest this week, a returning guest back here because coming up on August 6th in... <laughs> <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. I can't, I, it's in New Hampshire, but the the name of the of the city just ran out of my brain. It's Milford. Uh, Milford, thank you. <laughs> Milford, New Hampshire. That's a Hampshire dome. Yes. Wrestle queerdom. Yes. In the fucking Hampshire dome, we got there fucking go. Benny. It's surreal. We got fucking Giselle Shaw, Sunny Kiss, Candy Lee Kid, <laughs> Bandit, Max the Impaler, Eden von England, fucking Shea McCoy. Uh, everybody you would want to see. And of course, but, that voice belongs to Sally from Transcraps coming back to the show to talk all about wrestle queerdom. Whether you want me here or not. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? How are you doing today, Sally? I'm alive. I'm alive. I fucking feel you. <laughs> Life is happening. Things are going on. <laughs> uh, it's never, never a dull day in the wrestling world, right? You're telling me. You're telling me. Yes. And of course, we are here to talk about Wrestle Kingdom because like you said, coming up August 6th in Milford, New Hampshire at the Hampshire Dome, we have the first ever all trans, non-binary, gender non-conforming pro wrestling event going down, main evented by Vinny and Edith Surreal and a slew of talents that fall underneath those ident those identities on this card that you ran through uh, there at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Technically, technically, it's the second ever. It's not even, the, it's like, so there was another promotion in Japan under the Super FNW umbrella called Dynamite Vamp, which was all transgender women. So I've been saying, instead of the first ever, we're the first ever in North America. Okay. Because... I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good to couch things. <laughs> it's yeah. good to put the caveats in there. No, yeah. first one I, in North America. Still yeah. a huge accomplishment. Huge. I'm so fucking proud of it. Like, I didn't think it would happen. <laughs> <laughs> I remember last time you were on the show, you had talked about possibly doing a show. But but of course, that time at that time, Russell Queerdom to the public, at least, was nowhere near known. Um, I don't even know what, how far along were you in the process of like really putting this together the last time that we spoke about it? I, I really wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I had, like, I had asked, like, I had talked to, I think, Candy about it and Bandit at some point it came up. I talked to a couple other people, but those two, like, I know I talked to for sure about it. And like, they were like, that, that might be a good idea. And I was like, it might be a good idea. <laughs> And then it happened. Here we are now. So oh, I know, uh, I know. In like December last year, I at some point I asked Edith, "Hey, if I were to get Venny over to America, would you wrestle her?" <laughs> and then she was like, "Are you doing a show?" And I'm like, "Am I doing a show? <laughs> am I doing? Now I am doing a show. So here we are. Look at yes. me now. Look at me now, Dad." <laughs> Humble actually, beginnings. Actually, my dad is very supportive. Shout out, my dad. <laughs> Don't look at Shout me, out, dad. dad. <laughs> yeah, like, it's funny how it all started from, I think, the exact moment that I first thought about running a show, though. And I tweeted about this last night, I think, was I messaged Dark Sheet because I saw she had booked Kaz Hayashi. And I, was, I was really looking for Kaz Hayashi's theme song with the lyrics in it, which has never been officially released anywhere. 
So I messaged her and I asked her, hey, do you have that? And she's like, no, I don't remember who was working sound that day. So I don't have it. And I was like, well, on the subject, how do you do shows? And then it just kind of happened. And then I was like, oh, neat. And like, I put that in the back of my mind. You know, like, mm-hmm. I was like, this, th- this probably won't happen. But like, you know, the ideas are farming. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like a lot of this kind of germinated from just reaching out to people yeah, that you just, already like knew or really inter- or like interacting with in pro yeah. wrestling to kind of yeah, have I the just, idea come together. Yeah, I just kind of like, I, I kind of willed it into existence. <laughs> For lack of a better word, I like forced it to happen. At what point did you feel like this was actually like going to happen? Like, at what point did, did it go from, okay, what if I get Vinny over here and Edith wants to wrestle her to the point where like, okay, we are doing a show? So the first thing that happened that made me realize that we're doing a fucking show is I, like, that I remember is I was talking to, like, I think, I think the first person who like I confirmed the booking for was Max. And I remember very, or no, it was Bandit. It was Bandit. And I was thinking, well, we might not be able to get Venny. So I want to do like Bandit versus Edith because I just think that, that would be a real clash of styles and a lot of fun. And then Venny followed us and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> and like I slowly started putting the roster together and I was negotiating the best I could with Venny to see if something could happen. And there were times where it looked like it that she might not be on board. But really, to me when I realized, oh no, this is this is actually happening, it was like Bandit was like, Yeah, I'd do it. Then Candy was like, I'll do it. And Max was like, I'll do it. And Edith was like, Yeah, I'll do it. And I was like, oh no, I've got a little roster here. Now I kind of have to do it, don't I? <laughs> and I started looking at venues and I was like thinking, I don't, I'm so bad at answering questions like this one because it's like, it's memory based. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I, I don't remember the little things sometimes, but like, I do remember that like, I did get people who are like, yeah, I'm on board. And like, I was like, oh shit, I do have this like, I realized realized at some point there are enough people who want to do this that we could do this. Mm -hmm. And I decided I'll do this. And I kind of just decided without like any thought or plan. I was like, (laughs) let's go. Let's fucking go. Just jump headfirst into the deep end of it. (laughs) If if anyone listening to this wants to run a show, don't do that. (laughs) Don't like run a show if you want, but like Plan it out a little better than I did at first. I like that. <laughs> I like that you've already been like moved over to the side of the fence. That whenever anybody reaches out to ask, like, "How do I run the show?" Don't. <laughs> I, I told you before we started recording, but I reached out to a friend of mine who's like a thirty fucking year veteran, and I was like, "Hey, dude, you've been around for a while. I need some advice because I'm really struggling with all this." And he was like, "Promoting sucks. That's why I don't do it." <laughs> I was like, well, damn. <laughs> like, thank you for the like blessing learned, buddy. Just shorten to the point. Like, I I think more people should run shows if they can, but don't underestimate how hard it is to do. And don't do it, don't do it the way I did it, where I just decided one day, yeah, I think I'm gonna do this. Because like 
I decided just on a whim, and I'm I'm proud of how far we've come, but we could have gotten a lot further, I think, if I handled things better. But anyways, <laughs> anyways, I did kind of realize, yeah, we had the roster. Yeah, that's basically how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting, like, you bring up the venue as well, because, like, we were obviously in our conversation before we hit record here, we were talking about, like, you know, having it in Milford at the Hampshire Dome in New Hampshire, where there is absolutely no wrestling. None. For the most part. Um, every, like, three or four months, Chaotic will run a show here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chikara used to run here pretty frequently, I think, but you know, <laughs> uh, uh, sometimes like WWE will do like a house show or a TV taping here every like blue moon. Like when the planets align, you'll get like a SmackDown in Manchester. But anyways, go on. <laughs> oh no, you're fine. Um, what what led you to to decide to put it in New Hampshire? Was it like proximity to like? you know, where you're already at? Was it just like, was it out of a desire to bring something pro wrestling related to New Hampshire? So for me, I live in New Hampshire. I've lived here for a few years. I love New Hampshire. There's no wrestling here, but also I don't want to travel somewhere where there's a better wrestling scene. (laughs) So I was like, you know what, let's just do it here. And then like, that was my first, I was, let's just do it here, I guess. But then I looked into it. And I realized there's some really cool shit we could do here. Because, like, I don't know how many other states have domes named after them, but we do. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God, it's the Hampshire Dome. What if? Because, like, like, I was already decided I was going to do a show. I I was like, what if we themed it like a New Japan show, like Wrestle Kingdom? (laughs) And I ran it in the Hampshire Dome. Like the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> then I just I was like, I, there's no way they'll they'll be on board with that though. So I shot an email to the Hampshire Dome, like not expecting to hear anything back because it sounded like like to me, I was like, this is a really far-fetched idea. Because <laughs> like the dome doesn't really do a whole lot of like they I think this is the first wrestling show at the dome. They don't do a whole lot of combat sports in general. Like they'll do like hockey and like field hockey and like soccer and sometimes football but really they do like craft fairs and shit most of the time so i was really under the impression that it wouldn't happen and then i hear back and they're like yeah we'll come for a tour i saw the dome person i was like this is beautiful we're running here <laughs> like <laughs> i don't care if there are cheaper options we're running here. <laughs> for the bit like we've already named the show we have to commit to it <laughs> But at the same time, it was like, no, this is a really cool, like, venue. And, like, you know how, like, it got me thinking, like, when one good idea leads to more good ideas, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't even know. (laughs) I don't even know how to describe it. Like, because I could probably fucking run more shows in new hampshire and like get a pretty thriving little scene going here if i wanted to Mm -hmm. so ideas have been forming but like this show has been fun to do like it's been stressful it's been crazy i decided new hampshire i love in new hampshire that was the question (laughs) i decided to run the show in new hampshire i love in new hampshire but aside of the hampshire dome well for one because milford has milf in the name 
and two because the Hampshire Dome would make it a funny New Japan joke. So here we are. <laughs> I will say the the Hampshire Dome does have a very like striking look oh, yeah, compared to some other places. Like we could have run it in a fucking like VFW hall if we wanted to, and like I don't know. I just I. I felt like the dome was a cool idea. I didn't expect it to happen, then it did happen. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm blessed. It really just sounds like a lot of this really came together just by shooting your shot. Yeah, like, a lot of this was just moving on K. <laughs> <laughs> like, quite literally, most of this came together by me just kind of hoping that it would. <laughs> like, like, optimism kind of guided me this far. <laughs> I don't know if it's just that, like, I, I don't know if there's any, like, driving force behind me that I don't know about, or if, like, obviously there is, like, a reason people want to be involved with this show. It is, you know, the first of its kind in North America. I don't know if it's that or if it's because I'm just a really convincing person, but, like, a lot of people are on board, and I love that. I love that I've been able to put this together. <laughs> and I'm really bad with words, if you haven't noticed, but I am very happy and I'm grateful that even though I feel like I feel like I could have done a better job running the show, that it's turned out the way it has so far. And hopefully it kicks ass when we actually get to do the show. Well, speak, speaking to that point, um, like what's what do you feel like has been like the largest like hurdle for you as a like a first time promoter kind of doing this without partnering with another promotion, just kind of doing this. You know, it seems like you're doing a lot of this on your own. So I've gone to like a couple people in the area for advice, like on what to do. Like I've I've mentioned that I've like I asked Sheik how she does shows, and I've been talking to like people from other like New England based promotions as well. And I just so there's been some help, but it feels like everything's been kind of a hurdle in a way. I think the biggest hurdle for me is like, I've, I've been over that. My family situation is, like my money situation with my family isn't the best in the world. Like, I've been open, we were homeless for a little bit, a couple of years back. So I feel like that's been the biggest point of stress for us is because like we have financial anxiety about like that we were homeless for a time but that's the thing that like we can we can like take care of we can remedy it's not gonna end the world i feel like the show itself has gone pretty well in my opinion like even though things have been stressful i think we're doing the best we can do yeah and i think there have been things that are more stressful than others like i mentioned financial insecurity is a thing that like me and my immediate family deal with because of our history of you know financial insecurity but i'm very thankful <laughs> to the sponsors and stuff because they've made it a lot easier for us to deal with no i could definitely imagine that yeah. takes some some of that stress off your shoulders a little bit yeah. just seeing people, how many people have reached out yeah, there have been people, like, I posted about the show on Reddit, and somebody pointed out that, yeah, I've been pretty open about my family not having a whole lot of money, so how am I affording the show? And a lot of this because, like, we do have, it's not like we're, like, like, it's not like we're gonna fucking fall apart at the seams in, <laughs> in five minutes. Like, 
we don't have we're not we're not like millionaires by any means but like we, we have a decent amount of money so like i'm thankful for that and but more importantly than like what we've had to deal with is like sponsors are just people who have wanted to support the event even if they're not sponsoring us they just want to give us money they've helped like relieve not just my anxiety but my like my mom's anxiety a lot so i'm not saying like you have to sponsor us to make the show happen obviously but like it's helped a lot yeah the show would happen somehow even if there weren't sponsors but sponsors made it like have helped us with so much of like the anxiety that we have because we i don't know i don't know if you can tell from the way i communicate but i am a very anxious person <laughs> no you don't say so that's been yeah i think the the worries about like because like it is expensive especially for your first show mm-hmm. and there's all there's never really any guarantee it's going to pay off the way you want it to but it's been paying off better than i expected it to at least well that's good i mean that that in and of itself sounds like a success at least you know yeah, like i i i i was hope I, I was praying for like an instant sellout but like <laughs> obviously realistically that was never going to happen mm. so like the amount of tickets we have sold is way more than like anybody predicted that's awesome like when i first announced the show like people on like fucking forums and message boards and shit being like this show's gonna like sell 20 tickets and like no (laughs) 20 times like five sure i don't know the exact number but you know they they underestimate the commitment of the community honestly (laughs) they under they underestimate how many people want to see all this shit and how many people fuck with this you know what i mean exactly like it makes me so happy though that like I I didn't expect there to be like a whole lot of tickets sold and there are like I just I just said that so like <laughs> it makes me really happy not just for like me but like for the wrestlers because like it, it shows them that there are people who do want to see people like us succeed yeah. And I'm especially happy for like Venny because like it shows her that there are people in America who are genuinely interested in like seeing her wrestle in person. And that, that just like she I don't want to spill too many beans, but like she like wrestling in America means a lot to her. So it means a lot to me that so many people are doing something to help her accomplish her dreams, you know? Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, this is going to be her North American debut. Yeah, she was going to be at a gay brunch show. Yeah, back in 2020. And then COVID happened. Yeah. I mean, I don't want I don't want to brag, but like, take that. F- <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Like for real though, I'm. She could have made her debut anywhere. There were offers for shows earlier on the same day that she was considering and I had to talk I had to do a lot of negotiating with other promoters and shit to just make this happen and I had to like give her a lot of incentives so I'm, I'm thankful I'm very thankful like just in general like 
You know, I gotta let my like anxiety and my fucking like my emotional duress like control a lot of how I present myself publicly, but I am really happy and thankful and happy to have you know the kind of support and community and friends and like colleagues that I do. No, and, and speaking of, of that support, um, I was very happy to see the announcement uh, that Candy and Giselle are going to be wrestling for the Pro Wrestling Vibe uh, Paris is Bumping Grand Prize Championship at this show. And then later on, having that the winner defend against Sunny Kiss. Talk to me about how that sort of um, uh, working relationship with Pro Wrestling Vibe came about. See, I've, I've known Billy for a few months. I don't know if he—I don't know if he wants to still be called Billy. Uh, Kyle, I guess. I'm—I'm I'm bad with names. Sorry. I, like in my brain, he'll always be Billy Dixon. But I've known Kyle for a while—not—not not like a while, while, but for a few months. Mm-hmm. And we talked, like after Vibe, I after like Paris is bumping. I sent him a message, and I was like, "Sucks that you're really retiring, but I hope you're doing well." And then he sent me a message and he was like, I hope the show's great. And then a little bit later, I was like, hey, would you mind if like we advertised like Candy's matches for the title? And then he agreed. <laughs> it was that's <laughs> there wasn't much to it. Like, like I'm I'm super thankful. Like I'm I'm very thankful for that because like it shows that it's like he fucks with us. Mm-hmm. It means a lot to me that like like that people outside of my general like sphere that I normally engage with are on board with this. I mean, it, it feels like something that would be very like natural in a way, just based off of how pro wrestling uh, vibe, uh, pro wrestling vibes, pride and vibe weekend came to a close, you know, yeah. having the first all trans women main event in the, in that uh, at Paris is bumping and having candy come out on top in that match, having candy. I'm Billy sorry? beat me by two yes, months. Yes, yes, yes. Damn it, Billy. Really. <laughs> no, granted, I will be fair. I will be fair to Kyle. Um, he's been trying to get that match. And get oh yeah, he's been for, for at least a year plus. So <laughs> I mean, hats off to him. Yeah. I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> I, for, for people who don't know my humor, I'm joking. <laughs> but he beat me by two months. Yeah. But it just really felt like a natural progression, like knowing yeah, Candy like, was always already scheduled for Russell Queerdom and having obviously with the announcement from Mariah and having the, oh, the that bad, bummed me that bummed me out. Yeah, I think that like, bummed a lot of people out. Like um, I've still been talking to her, Mariah. She's she's a great person. Love her to death. Yeah. It seems like she's uh, at least from what she is like putting out on social media right now, it seems like she's in a a, a better place at least in the immediate, but yeah. I know that weighed on her a lot. Yeah. Um, there was a lot. I, 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 we never really talked about that side of things. Like that just wasn't the nature of like Mariah and my relationship at that point, like as yeah. friends. But once she opened up about that, like it really did, like I understood and I, I told her straight up if you change your mind, we're going to find a spot for you. And then as soon as she said she was open to like going to shows in like a non-wrestling capacity, I jumped at the opportunity to book her for the Hall of Fame thing, which was 
kind of done. Like, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie to you right now. I I plan on doing like a Hall of Fame like with our year end award like Twitter post. Mm-hmm. And then I was talking to Mariah, and I was like, you know, you like I wasn't talking. I was like, I was talking to Mariah, and I was like, I want you to be at the show. And I was talking to some other people. And I was like, you know, she really has done a lot. She was the first in, you know, the West at least. First trans woman in the West at least to wrestle. I mean, Reina, I probably only beat her by a couple of months and is a much smaller name, all things considered. <laughs> like, no offense to Reina. So she's really basically the first one in the public eye. She's dealt with a lot of shit. And she's still here. And she's fucking, she's doing great. And we should do something to honor her. And I just thinking, you know what? We can do a fucking. Why make it a? Why make the Hall of Fame Twitter posts? Make it an actual thing. No, I do. I do love the idea of of having her out there for for an induction ceremony in that way. I was at first. I was going to surprise her with it, and I'm bad at keeping things secret. (laughs) (laughs) So like. I was I was trying really hard not to tell her, and then one day I was like, I, I can't I can't do this. <laughs> I, like, I can't do this. We have, we have to we have to we have to tell her we have to tell her everything, and I'm glad we did because I'm glad she was on board because it just it just means the world to me that like yeah back to what you were saying before about Candy and then Mariah having like retiring, like because Candy won the belt, Mariah retired, so Candy needed a new opponent. And then Giselle came out. Yes. And I was like, like a light bulb fucking hot <laughs> <laughs> in my head. Like the timing was just perfect, really. <laughs> like it was the best possible timing. How quickly did you reach out to, to Giselle? Same day. <laughs> Same day. <laughs> I was honestly like Same day. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. <laughs> So I was like, you know what? <laughs> like, because like I don't watch a whole lot of like British wrestling, but I know that like she worked in like progress and did some really good stuff there. So I watched oh, yeah. that. I've seen her in like TJPW. I think she wrestled Natsupoi in TJPW or Poi Natsupoi from Stardom under Natsumi Maki in TJPW. And I've seen I, I know she worked for Impact. So I'd be lying if part of it wasn't, well, it's a TV star, so we can advertise. But for the most part, I was like, you know, this wrestler is really fucking good, and they just came out. So I want them to know that, like, they are welcomed by us into this community. And what better way than to not just put them on the show, but put them in, like, one of the big marquee matches. And then, fucking hell. So I I don't want to go into too much like when it comes to how we got sunny mm-hmm. but like there's some backstory like with other wrestlers from television companies that i i reached out to and i got no's from and i was under the impression because the companies they worked for weren't you know jiving with me personally i was like that's fine and then sunny was like hey the company approved me i was like fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, it was like like because like it was like i did not expect sunny to get that approval like because it had been like three or four weeks since i had heard from sunny so i just kind of assumed that no it's not gonna happen but okay you know we, we made the offer 
And then I hear back, I'm like, oh my fucking God. Show saved. <laughs> show saved. <laughs> like, like, the show wasn't in any immediate danger or anything, but it was like, oh my God, the show has been saved. <laughs> like we, we, this is this is going to be the big one so then i was like i was trying to think of a good match for sunny because originally before giselle came out i was hoping i could run sunny versus candy mm-hmm. and i'm there's still a chance that match could happen it just depends on how the cards fall so i was like let's let's up the ante just a little bit and one of the funniest one of the funniest responses i saw to that match announcement was oh my god they're booking Sunny better in one show than AEW has in three years, <laughs> and like I was like, slow down, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> but like I was so excited, like I was excited. Other people were excited. Everyone was excited. I didn't think Sunny was going to be on the show. Oh my god. <laughs> I can't I mean, even talk. I can't even talk about Sunny being on the show without getting excited. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a valid feeling to have, though. I, feel, I think, especially like coming uh, coming into this promoter world for the first time, and like having a name like Sunny Kiss, who is so important to so many people um, within you know the trans, non-binary, gender non-conforming community, um, to have have her on this show. Yeah, is a major major deal. I I was like in my head, I had a list of people who I wanted on the show, and Sunny was right at the top. Well, actually, I had two lists. I had want on the show, want on the show, but probably won't be on the show. <laughs> and Sunny was on the probably won't be on the show, and then Sunny was like, "Actually, sure." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my god, it's a miracle." And honestly, like kind of speaking to that, I love not only that you have a number of like well-known names already, but many names that should be known more that are yeah. on this on this card as well. The match that stands out to me the most when it comes to that uh, is Richie Coy and Zeke Mercer. Yeah, I booked that match specifically because I was like, these two are really fucking good. Like. Zeke is a really fucking good wrestler. I haven't seen as much of Richie as I have with Zeke, but Richie is also really fucking good. So I was like, why should we like put them in like a spot where they won't get to shine when I could put them together and they could get all the spotlight for themselves? Like if I had put like if I had put them in like a match with like Kid Bandit, Bandit would steal the show. And that's not an insult to anybody. It's just how Bandit is. Like, they're so popular and so, like, dynamic in the ring that, like, you put almost anybody in the ring with them, they're going to steal the show, which is why they're in the ring with Miles, because Miles also steals the show. Yes. But if I put, like, if I had done, like, Richie versus Bandit, there would not be the opportunity for Richie to show off as well as they deserve to yeah and if i had put like zeke in any other match like also like for example bandit (laughs) zeke would not get that same like opportunity that he's going to get in a spotlight match i feel that's my perspective on it some people might disagree i don't know i don't 
I think this is going to help both of them more than it would help them to put them in there with somebody who's more prominent and potentially has like more people rooting for them. Like, I think there's I think there's value to both sides of that argument. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, I'm not I'm not saying but, one side's better than the other. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Like for me, I just want to take it back a little. One of my favorite parts of like the beyond uncharted territory, I haven't seen the southeast uncharted territory. My favorite part of the old like first couple of seasons of uncharted territory was the discovery gauntlet mm, yeah you get guys who like either had like had names or like needed a boost or people who didn't have names yet that needed to get a platform and they would have pretty fucking good matches like like thomas santel <laughs> <laughs> for all intents and purposes, should not have been one of the biggest stars on the Indies in 2019. <laughs> and he was. <laughs> Fucking, like, that's the power of, like, a spotlight match type of environment to me. Yeah. Like, I've seen things like that, like, it's stuff like that, and, like, do you remember when WWF would do the light heavyweight matches? Oh, yeah. Like the spotlight matches where they have guys from like Japan come in and just do crazy shit. Oh, yeah. Who can forget Sasuke versus Taka? Like stuff like that. It's like these are guys who are really good, but the audience isn't going to be as familiar with them as they would be with other people. So why put them in there with the people they're familiar with and have them be overshadowed when they can build their name together? Yeah. And maybe that like maybe that's unfair because it'll have them like maybe they'll end up being associated with each other forever. But they should be associated like with just who they are, if you know what I mean. Like they should just be able to exist as who they are, not as half of a match. But I think it works. That's no, I, I think it does too, especially considering both of them are are like really hitting an incline. Yeah. Um. In 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 the in the world of pro wrestling right now, obviously like Richie doing more stuff in California and now branching out into pride style and in, in Las Vegas. And you got Zeke, you know, tearing it up in, in paradigm now, you know, oh, like yeah. they're both really having their profile rise a little bit. And of course we would be remiss if we did not mention uh, Canaris Moro, um, who yeah. was originally going to be part of that match as well. Um, hopefully. Yeah, uh, Canaris is talented as hell. Like, yeah. he's, he's a good dude too. Like, I, there's still he's still gonna be at the show because like i was like there's no way that you're fucking missing the show (laughs) like i was like no way it's not fair to you that this happened like that was my immediate thought it's not fair canvas that this happened like so i was like no you're still gonna come to the fucking show if i have to drag you there Like I was, I was, I was very much like steadfast in the no. You're, you're still gonna be there. <laughs> like that's my mentality with as many people as I can get who like have to pull off. There's like no, you're still gonna be there because you deserve to be a part of this. Like, like you deserve. Like, I don't want to get like too big for my version, but we are legitimately making history, and nobody involved in our community deserves to not be involved in that. Like everybody deserves to be involved in that. Yeah. So as many people as I can get involved with that, even if they're just there to like stand around or like do commentary. Yeah. Or like do like ring announcing or shit. Like that that I, I got Ren because like I was talking to Ren about it. 
And they were like, yeah, they don't, most companies don't really book queer people well. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> I was like, that's why, <clears throat> that's how that happened. Like I've, I, I've tried to make it as many queer people as I can on the show, like non-binary, non-conforming, trans. I try to keep it under a queer umbrella because it's not just trans people and not all non-binary people or gender fluid people or gender non-conforming people want to be addressed as trans. Yeah. So like, but also I've had people who are like, well, queer also means like cis, like gay people. It's like, that's cool. I have no issue with like, I have no issue with what they're doing. Like, but they have shows for shit like that already. They have already more general pride shows like Big Gay Brunch fucking Sandra Cup, uh, fucking Harris's Bumping, uh, like, whatever the hell Enjoy is doing is inclusive wrestling. I love Enjoy. <laughs> like, it's inclusive wrestling. It's not exactly, like, LGBTQ theme, but it is inclusive. Uh, there's Pride style. There's a bunch of them. They're more just general, like, LGBTQ wrestling. There's never really been, like, something like this, and that's what I wanted. And some of the responses to that fact that I wanted to do a show with just like gender queer people have been pretty funny in my opinion. Like if you go on Reddit on any given Reddit post about the show, you'll see at least one person probably calling me a segregationist. <laughs> I, I'm not joking. Oh no, I believe you. Trust me. I know how the bad faith arguments can go, especially on the internet. Like I've been called a lot of things, but like I, I know like I think people who take an issue with the idea of like having the show just for gender queer people thought about it outside of like the like their preconceived notion that like queer people are like whatever they think queer people are. Thought about it is we just want to exist. They'd realize that this show just means a lot to us, and that's why we can't have like all these other people like at one point when i was worried about ticket sales when we were stuck at like 50 for like a couple weeks i was thinking to myself well maybe i should book like an ally battle royal (laughs) (laughs) and they started sending out feelers to like nick gage (laughs) i I never heard back from nick gage or nick gage's team so i have to assume (laughs) that nick gage wasn't interested but like i sent out feelers that never happened and I was like, you know, and then like I, I told someone about it. And they're like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I was like, what? And they're like, no, the show is for gender queer people. Stick to it. And I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I was worried, and I'm like, I shouldn't compromise like the meaning of the show and like what the values of the show are to try and get more people in there. And like, we already do have a lot of people in the building. Yeah. So I'm happy. I'm happy. <laughs> but like there were times where I was like, oh no, are we not gonna are we gonna have to compromise like my values? And we didn't, thank God. And there were times where I like like I said, there was a time where I almost did. <laughs> but yeah.
Alright, Yens, thank you so much for tuning in to LGBT in the Ring. Um, we'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride Flag designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at stswband, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT check out that service uh, you can follow the show on twitter at lgbt ring pod you can follow me on twitter at wonderboy otm and if you're into video games definitely check out my video game news show the mr video game super show i co-host that with uh, twitch streamers slacker kite and lady Merwin every monday at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific over on twitch.tv slash dead sun entertainment uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. No, I mean, I think that's kind of natural of, like, having, especially, like, looking at this from a first-time perspective and trying to think about, you know, while if tickets aren't moving, my perception of tickets aren't moving, I think it's perfectly viable to, to like explore that idea, but also at the same time, like sticking to your guns and sticking to what the the message and, and platform of what this show was originally meant to be is also a perfectly viable avenue. You like know? my fear is always that I'm not doing enough or I'm not doing it the right way. So like maybe... Mm-hmm maybe having more just a general like LGBTQ theme would be the right way to do it. And then I talked to people and like I said, they were like, what the fuck are you doing? No, you have to do it this way because this is the, this show means a lot to us. Like, and that's the meaning of the show is what's important to me. Yeah. Like I, I felt really bad when I realized I almost abandoned what the show was about. <laughs> But I also didn't know, like, I was, I was scared. So I was acting out of, like, anxiety. But I still felt bad about it, even though I knew that it was just, it was, a, like, a subconscious thing. It wasn't something I was actively, like, thinking about, like, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? It wasn't something I was actively, like, thinking was better than what we were doing. It was just something that I was thinking, maybe we have to do this. And thank God we did <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I completely understand. Yeah, I'm sure someone's going to hear that and not like it, but like, <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's just putting anything out for the public to to yeah. listen to, though. Like, like I, I'm not, I'm not like begging for people to criticize me, but like, <laughs> criti- <laughs> criticize me, baby. <laughs> like, like, 
like I like I, I get it. Like I I whatever people have said, whatever people will say about the fact that I was almost considering doing something different. I've already said it myself. Excuse me, that was rude. <laughs> I've already said it about myself to myself and to other people about myself. So I know that it was a dumb idea. I know that I almost ruined my own shit. <laughs> like I, I wouldn't say I would have ruined the show as much as it would have been like it wouldn't have been the show that it was supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, I'm proud of what the show is gonna be. And I don't want to change that. I wouldn't change for the world. <laughs> no, but, no, there's no need to do that. Sorry, I mean they cut you off there. Yeah, no, no, you're good. Like <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like I, I feel like I talk like a cat, if you get what I mean. Like <laughs> I cool. I like, do. Like a ball of yarn. Like <laughs> one thought leads to another. <laughs> I feel like, like my brain is like a cat playing with the ball of yarn and like yeah. <laughs> so like I feel like every time I start a sentence, it ends up going all over the place. But like yeah. <laughs> I I don't even know how. Oh yeah, this started because I was talking about how there's nobody in like the transgender queer community who doesn't deserve to not be a part of it. Like who doesn't deserve to be a part of this? There's nobody who doesn't deserve to be a part of this. Not deserve to not would be a different story entirely, but <laughs> there's nobody who doesn't deserve to be involved with this. And so, like with Canaris, with Mariah, with anyone else, I've had issues getting like on the card. I have tried to find space for them. And anyway. Anyway, I can. Because, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is there anyone that's not on the card that that you? I know you talked about uh, one person already, uh, uh, but is there anyone that stands out to you as someone that you would want on a card, maybe for next year, that you weren't able to get for, oh, for the first year? Do I have a list for you? Oh, you want to talk about lists? <laughs> okay, so one of the first names I reached out to was Dark Sheik. I think Hood Slam's running a show either the day before or like the same day. So if she couldn't make it, which is fine. I'm not going to hold a grudge. Love her to death. She's always invited to next year. I reached out to MSP for Danger Kid. Danger Kid couldn't do it. I reached out to Mike Bailey. Mike Bailey's not going to be able to do. I reached out to Nyla Rose. Nyla's busy that weekend. I don't know what she's busy with, but she's busy. I don't, I, Nyla's business isn't my business, but, you know. Like, I wanted to get Abaddon on the show as well, just because, like, I feel, I feel like fucking spooky. Like, I was, I wanted to do, like, either Nyla versus Max or Abaddon versus Max first. Mm. Like, that, that's not to say that, like, Coda is, like, the last resort, but, like, I feel like I feel like these matches that I was thinking about were matches that I was like really I, I they weren't gonna happen. And God I was always reaching out for match ideas. And like I, I wanted to reward Coda with that match. Coda has a death wish. Yeah, Coda Coda fucking rocks. Yeah. Love Coda. So the thing like yeah, Nyla, Abaddon. Danger Kid, Bailey, Sheik. Uh, uh, I know there's more. <laughs> uh, Estrella Divina. Mm. Uh, 
I've been trying to find Reina Ayakawa, but she is not on social media at all. And now that Tarzan Goto is no longer with us, I have no like connection with her. So mm. it's pretty much impossible to find Reina Ayakawa. But Reina was like, I think the first, one of the first trans, like if not the first trans woman, like one of the first to wrestle ever. And she was also the first trans woman promoter to Dynamite Bam. So I was, at one point I wanted to do like a dumb like FMW, like exploding death match with her <laughs> and like Sheik. Because I think that's something they both do really good in. Uh, 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 I know there's more. I know there's more. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, so yeah, Jamie Senegal, I was really hoping would be on the show, not on the show. Love Jamie to death. Wish her the best. Uh, there was a point where it looks like we might have been able to get, like, like, uh, na- names are bad. There's a point where I reached out, there's a point where I reached out to Nikki Nalumbo, hmm. and she just couldn't make it. Uh, I know there's, mo- there's a lot of names I've reached out to. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of them. Like, there's, oh, American Oni? Mm, yes. Like, I there, there's also some people that I've reached out to that haven't been announced yet, like we're still in talks. Yeah. I don't want to I don't want to list them as people who definitely can't be on the show because then they'll be like, wow, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but like, no, no, like because there's still a chance they'll be on the show, but so I don't want to I want to be that kind of promoter who don't want to give away who's gonna be in the Uno battle royal. I don't want to give away I don't want to give away who the wild card is. <laughs> <laughs> The, the Uno Battle Royal in no way inspired by the Casino Battle Royal. Not at all. Totally different match ideas. <laughs> totally different match ideas. I was gonna I was gonna call it the Casino Battle Royal, and then I was thinking I was like, somebody might own like that might be actionable. I was like, I don't think I want to piss off Tony Khan. <laughs> I don't think I want Tony Khan to hire an assassin. <laughs> I don't know if we go that far. <laughs> but, I don't, I, but it might be harder to get that Abaddon booking down the line. It, might, it, would, it would be harder to it would, I, I can guarantee you if we called it the Casino Battle Royal, Sonny wouldn't be able to be on the show. Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can guarantee you. Tony, Tony would be like, what the fuck? <laughs> no. <laughs> but like, there's people I do plan to reach out to as well, like Mason Miles from DPW. Because, like, I, I just I literally today I just saw that he also goes by they pronouns. So I'm like, hmm. Hmm. Also, while we're here, I have a story that I think is funny. Okay. I, so it might not be funny to everyone, but I think it's funny. It's not offensive or anything, but like, so. When I was first working on the show, I was talking to Sazzy about it. This was before Sazzy came out as non-binary. And Sazzy was like, am I going to be on the show? And I was like, sure. Because at this point, I did think Sazzy was non-binary, even though they weren't out about it. <laughs> like, I, I, I assumed that just based on aesthetic. And then after we were talking for a little bit, after I did some like, research and, like, on their page, 
like on their like their website, I realized, oh, are they not out? Are they not? Then I asked them. And then June 1st happens and they come out. And in my head, it's like, I think I talked to them about the show once. <laughs> and I go back, I'm like, hey, plans have changed. You're off. <laughs> like, hey. Like, I think that's funny because it's like, not because like, oh, I called it or anything. Because like, I think trying to clock people is bad. Yeah. Because it's, a, because it's like, isn't it funny how things work out sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> like, like we have to cancel the booking and then the booking happened. <laughs> <laughs> just how like, everything unfolds. Yeah, it's like, it's, that's just funny to me. But like, at one point it wasn't going to happen. Like we were, we were talking about it happening when we were at a point where to everyone's understanding it shouldn't have happened. And then <laughs> reached a point where it could happen. <laughs> Like that's just funny to me. I don't know what it is. It's not. It's not like because oh, I clocked it. I called it. <laughs> but like it's it's because like yeah, it's just it's funny that like that happened that way. The way it happened. <laughs> like I, just, I don't know. I just think that's funny. No, like, and it's it's awesome that you, that Sazzy is going to be on the show though. Yeah, I fucking love Sazzy. Sweetest person I've ever met, bar none. Yeah, bar none. <laughs> <laughs> nicest human being on the planet but anyways there's a lot of shit on the show like there's a lot of people that i've wanted to work with that i don't know how to i don't either don't know how to approach don't know if they'd be interested don't know if they feel as though they qualify for the show and that's kind of how the roast of candili happened oh really so i reached out to eddie because like I, i hadn't spoken to eddie directly but like by all accounts, like Eddie was a sweet, like a sweet person. Oh yeah, Eddie's a like, doll. Eddie's like, a doll. So I reached out to Eddie and I was like, "Hey, do you want to be on the show?" And Eddie was like, "Well, full transparency, I'm more drag than I am like trans or gender queer." And I was like, "That's fine. You can still like if you still want to help, then that'd be great." Like, and there, and Eddie was like, "Yeah, I'd love to help." So I went to Eddie for like advice on like what to do with Mariah. Then I was joking around with Candy Lee one day. I was like, "Wouldn't it be funny if we all roasted you at the show?" And Kenny was like, I'll beat everyone up. And then I went to Eddie and I was like, Eddie, <laughs> Eddie, I have an idea. <laughs> it happened. It happened because I didn't want to be the one getting beat. <laughs> so to be fair, like, who better to get to to host something like that than Eddie McQueen? Oh my Especially God, when was, it comes to candy. Oh my God, that was that was. When I realized, oh my God, we could we could totally do a roast of Candy Lee, like I I giggled a little on the so like I I don't like laugh or giggle much or like just like I don't I don't express my emotions outwardly much like especially when I'm alone because like it's not the kind of person I am that's not how like I I have a developmental disorder full like full out of the, like that's not a joke like I'm not saying there's like a punchline I just I don't process emotions outwardly. Well, like when I realized, oh my God, we can roast my best friend. I giggled a little. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Like, it was like, a, I'm so excited because either we're going to die or we're going to roast the fuck out of candy. <laughs> and either, either is good. <laughs> oh man. No, it's, it's honestly shaping up just to be a, a, a all around fun weekend. I know y'all got the meet okay. and greets going right now. That the are, virtual that are, meet and greets. We got yeah. So um, coming up, 
I don't know when this episode's going to drop, but we got one Saturday the 23rd with Candy. We got August 2nd with Venning and August 5th with Giselle Shaw. Giselle, Giselle Shaw. <laughs> I am bad at pronouncing things sometimes. You can get them on the Salute page where you can also get the page review. It's a five-minute meeting greet, $10. Wrestler gets the majority share of the pay that we receive from Loop because they're the ones doing the work. They deserve the money. It's really neat for Venny because Venny doesn't speak English fluently. I'm going to have a translator on the line as well. So that's going to be fun. So yeah, that's going to be great. I just want to... Well, we're still here. Before before you decide, okay, I got to get this fucking crazy person off my damn show. <laughs> I, I just want to run down the, the show real quick. Oh yeah, go for it. I, I'm all I'm all ears on that. Because like, because like, I know I know my time is limited because I'm fucking insane. Oh, stop! You're fine. I, I'm insane. <laughs> I just how I, I know I know myself well enough. You know, that I am a fucking weirdo. <laughs> but I'm gonna pull up the card real quick. Yeah, we've sold about 100 tickets. Like, give or take a few. So, main event is the international dream match between Venny and Edith Surreal. Venny, my opinion, the best wrestler in the world. Edith Surreal, in my opinion, one of the best wrestlers in North America. Maybe the best. That's just my opinion. Then for the Paris's vibe. <laughs> Paris's vibe. Paris is bumping high press championship from Vibe. God, I, I gotta I gotta slow down. For the Paris is bumping grand prize championship. We have Candy Lee defending against Giselle Shaw. I pronounced it right that time. There you go. And then later in the night, the winner of Candy and Giselle's match will defend the title again against Sunny Kiss. Oof. Then we have a match that I'm pretty excited for. We got Eden Bon England going up against Shay McCoy. That Eden. is gonna be a fun one. Sorry. They've had four matches, two of them singles, two tags. Eden's won all of them. So I'm curious to see how that goes down. Yes. We've got what I'm just calling fucking it. I, I, there's no gimmick specifically attached to it. I'm just saying it's the fucking death. Max the Impaler versus Coda Holiday. Coda <laughs> wants to fucking die. Max the Impaler is going to kill someone one day. <laughs> yep. I mean, like I said before, Coda has a death wish and Coda knows it. Coda celebrates that and she is ready to she, just she, fucking... she, she, We got her spotlight match. We got Zeke Mercer versus Koi. That's going to fucking go insane. We got... Well, I, I think this, I think the, this next match is the opener. I haven't decided yet, but it's perfect to be the opener. It's Kid Bandit versus Don't Die Miles. They both oh, are really... Yeah. They're fucking high-paced, like, they do a lot of crazy flips and kicks and cool shit. So I think that's going to be a great way to start the show off. I'm quite excited. And then we got the Uno Battle Royal with, so far, we have Joan Judson, Anastasia Morningstar, Nick Pierce, Cameron Saturn, and Sazzy Burtwright confirmed. There's going to be three more regular participants and then a wild card again this is no way inspired by the casino battle royal this is a unique <laughs> idea but it's the uno battle royal also that night we got the roast of candy lee hosted by eddie joanne elizabeth mcqueen someone's gonna die candy's gonna kill someone <laughs> she fights <laughs> candy scares me a little <laughs> Just screaming, um, bam, 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 all day long. 
that was so oh my yes that she's, moment she's, was so good she's the funniest wrestler on the planet i love her then we have the transgraph transgender wrestling hall of fame induction of mariah moreno a true pioneer one of the greatest people you'll ever meet total sweetie she deserves the world i can't wait to like celebrate her legacy in this capacity i'm just excited <laughs> i can tell All, this whole show i'm excited i like I, I have the energy of like a kid who like just ate all the Halloween candy in one night. I feel like when I talk about the show, <laughs> like, 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 I don't know if you can hear my dog, but he's talking. I guess he's excited too. He's about to say your dog's excited as well. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited to tell for the show. I think everyone should be excited for the show. If you don't know about the show, you got to fucking learn about the show. Cause it's fucking awesome. <laughs> <clears throat> My throat hurts a little from all of the excitement. <laughs> I've been it so happens. excited. I've been so excited and talking so much. Like my throat's a little sore. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited. Everyone should be excited. If you don't know about the show, now you know about the show. If you know about the show and you're on the fence, what the fuck is wrong with you? Watch the damn show. <laughs> like, <laughs> like is that is that too harsh? I don't probably, but like. <laughs> Oh, yeah. If you don't know about the show, watch the damn show. He's going to fucking rock. See, to me, that just exudes confidence in what you're putting together. Like, I'm, it's going to fucking, it's going to rock. Like, even, even if it's not like a work rate classic show, like some people might want all wrestling to be, it's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a bunch of people who want to prove that trans wrestlers are just as valid as everyone else and can do just as much cool shit as everyone else and deserves to be represented just as much as everyone else. And, and then, yeah. Like, no offense, but we have not been represented very well, even by the people who tried their best. Like, AW, good on them for giving Nyla the belt. What have they done with Nyla since she's lost the belt? Like, that's not me saying, oh, I hate AW or anything. It's just, I feel like there's such a strong difference in how Nyla was presented then versus how she's presented now. And maybe it's for the better for now. Maybe she prefers that. But like, for me, it just feels like she's the less important to the company. And that bugs me because she clearly showed the potential to be something huge for them. Same with Sunny. Like, I'm not, again, I'm not shading AEW. I just. No, they're valid criticisms. Yeah, the direction they took is a direction that left those two behind. And that bums me out a little. And, you know, it's, it's working for them. It's working for AEW. I'm not going to say, well, they have to do what I like because it's the only way to do wrestling. Because, like, what they're doing is working. But, like, I do wish that they could do more with these people because they're, they're, great, they're great wrestlers. Like, fucking, like, Sunny has shown, like, more than once that, like, when she wants to fucking wrestle, she can fucking wrestle. Nyla has fucking bangers in America, in Japan, all over the place. What more do you fucking need? Like, you know, that's that's just me though. Like, WWE's not even fucking trying though. So like, AW still like <laughs> they're not even in the conversation at this like, point. <laughs> like, like the closest like they have to trans representation is when like Cora Jade works vaguely trans colors for like a week. <laughs> Like, right now, someone could come out and I will fucking stand the fuck out of them because, yeah. 
right now there's not really i don't there's none is there there's no in wwe no there's none yeah there's none that and that sucks because like i mean i i wouldn't wish working for wwe on my worst enemy but like you'd think wwe would reach out to somebody about it and be like hey like you're talented you want to work here uh, right as we're talking about NXT, I just look at my Twitter and my who to follow is full of NXT wrestlers. It knows. The <laughs> world the knows. Alg- the algorithm knows. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, AEW is doing pretty well. TNA has done, I think, Impact, Impact, whatever, whatever the fuck they're called now. They're always going to be TNA to me. I don't care. Well, like, they've had Jamie, they've had Giselle, and they're doing pretty good there, I think. Like, for all the talk I hear about Japan being a super aggressive country, they seem to be doing the best when it comes to like trans representation, in my opinion. Because mm. like they've got Venny in basically every Joshi promotion except Stardom, and then they've got Venny making history in DDT as one of the first, not just the first woman to hold the KOD tag titles, first trans woman to hold the KOD tag titles, mm-hmm. like. I'm not saying the other companies are doing poorly. I just think that like we should that hopefully the show makes it so that everyone does better. Yeah. That's that's where I'm at. Like, like there's no reason Edith shouldn't be getting like TV time. There's no reason fucking Candy should have to stay in New Zealand forever. Like it's like it's like it's lost. <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt so bad for her when all of this cool wrestling shit was happening and she was stuck in New Zealand. Like, yeah, I, I was in the same boat, honestly. Like I felt I felt bad, but I was like, very happy that she almost got like this whole like three year build to her finally coming to, to Paris's bumping for the first yeah, time. It was so fucking exciting. That. Like, yeah. that's but like there's that like there's no reason that like Giselle shouldn't be like Giselle trans like what well, I'm gonna go through the accolades real quick because yes Giselle, Giselle un, un, unknowingly to the rest of, to the world became one of the like the first transgender like women's champion in Brit in, like Britress I think like the first like progress women's champion that was trans I believe. Unless there's something I don't know about Ginny, Jordan Grace, Mako Satomura, or Tony Storm, or Kanji. <laughs> yeah. Like, first Rev Pro British women's champion who is trans. Unless there's something I don't know about Jamie Hayter, Zoe Lucas, or Ginny. <laughs> uh, first Eve tag team champion to be trans, I'm pretty sure. Though I don't follow Eve super closely, so I could be wrong. The first... I, I The... It has to be the first fierce female women's like champion to be trans. Like, like without under the radar, because she wasn't out yet, she did build up this great thing. But there's no reason that like impact shouldn't be capitalized on that because she fucking rocks. Yeah. Like and then there's no reason Sunny shouldn't be on like dynamite. Like I mean, I'm glad that Sonny's not because the harassment from like bigots can get fucking hard, but like I'm glad there's no reason Kid Bandit should be signed by now. <laughs> like there's no reason not there's no reason a lot any of these people shouldn't be getting more opportunities than they are, because they're just as talented as anyone else. It's just that they're not cis. And I wonder I don't know if it's like a conscious decision to book them worse because they're like because they're like not sort of like subconsciously like 
viewing them as more of like a niche, like an exotico type of niche. Like there's no reason they shouldn't be booked better. So hopefully with the show, they end up getting what they deserve. No, I really, honestly, my personal feeling is like Russell Queerdom feels like a proving ground. Yeah, and, it's going to be. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm bad at saying it. <laughs> I'm bad at saying it. No, it's a, sta- it's a statement. It's a statement in action. And, and yeah. I think one that is incredibly valuable to the pro wrestling world as a whole. So, so I'm glad that you're doing it. There's, there's, a, pot, there's a joke in yes. community where in the first two seasons, the Dean would come into the study room and he always had like a pun or a quirky costume. And at the start of season three, he comes in and he's like, how do you like me now, bitches? <laughs> he said, how do you like me now, bitches? And like, it's like, th- this is what it feels like. Like, Everything before that's still valid, but like this is where people will get to show that hey, we're not just a side act. Yeah. Because like, I, I hate that I have to relate it to TV for it to be special to me. <laughs> I hate that I have to. I I hate that I had to compare it to Community for it to <laughs> to express how special it feels to me. We all have our our latch points. Yeah. Like, so <laughs> like it, like at least at least that. This isn't like, I'll just remind you of an episode of Family Guy. <laughs> ah, geez, Lois. <laughs> I can't do a good Peter Griffin voice, but I'm sure there's a cutaway gag you made about this. Ah, geez, Lois. This is worse than the time I was at the first ever transgender wrestling show in North America. <laughs> then it cuts to Peter Griffin fucking boxing. <laughs> fucking boxing like transphobes outside the venue. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Lord. I'm well, excited. Yeah, I'm excited as well. August sixth. Um, you gotta get the... me off your show already. <laughs> oh no, you're fine. You're fine. No, you're August... no. I'm fucking crazy. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> let me go. You gotta let me go. <laughs> August sixth, Hampshire Dome, Milford, New Hampshire. Tickets are available now to see it in yeah. person. Um, the pay per view is on uh, looped. Uh, and that is going to be a, another way to, to watch the show if you're not going to be able to make it to New Hampshire. Yeah, it's going to fucking rock. Like, I don't want to be too full of myself, but there's no way this show won't be good. <laughs> like, un- unless God himself, like, decides to make the show bad, <laughs> provided God exists and has a gender, <laughs> I don't think there's any way you can make the show bad. We'll get the talent we have. A lot of people I've seen, especially recently, I saw someone call Candy Lee a meme wrestler. And are we watching the same person? Because, like, Candy's not fucking like Mitsuharu Misawa, but she's fucking good. Yeah. Like, she's funny. Like, she does jokey shit, but she is fucking good at wrestling. Like, exactly. Even, even if she doesn't think she's good at wrestling, but like, objectively. <laughs> She's objectively <laughs> like she's better than anybody gives her credit for in my opinion mm. like like the, oh, the whole roster is just really fucking good and underappreciated so there's no way the show isn't going to be good in my opinion <laughs> at least no I, i'm right there with you honestly sally and and thank you so much for for coming on the show and, and chatting a little bit here before the before the event happens um let everyone know where they can uh, follow uh, the show and transcripts and all that, all that good stuff where they can uh, get tickets or, or get the pay-per-view. All right. So you can go to wrestlequeerdom.eventbrite.com to get tickets. 
and the looped link is a little less like organized. Let me find the looped link because it is it's a thing. Yeah, I I think just go to like looplive.com and like y'all are on the front page of that website. Yeah. So it's easy. So it's app.looplive.com <laughs> slash C slash three eight seven four. Love it. Love a good hyperlink. <laughs> I mean, the last one was here. I repeated my entire like Facebook link. Like, that is true. Yes. <laughs> like, at least we're not doing that again. I mean, we could we could do it for all time's sake, but I I, changed, I will leave that up to you. I changed the URL, so we probably can't. But <laughs> I mean, for all time's sake, <laughs> for all time's sake, I need to list off a bunch of numbers real quick. <laughs> so. Let me let me pull up. So if you want to see, if you want to see a, a hit tweet, go to twitter.com slash transcripts slash status slash one five two five two five seven zero seven nine eight six two two six seven nine zero four. That's our pin tweet. <laughs> I I had to do it. <laughs> It felt wrong. No, I totally wrong understand. It felt wrong. Also, if you want to get the new Benny shirt we just started selling, yes. go to transcraps.bigcartel.com. They're available for pre-order. They're going to ship hopefully is early September at the latest. Like It depends on when PayPal takes us off hold at this point. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking paypal <laughs> yeah well i was i was thinking we could get these shirts done like today and then paypal was like no you have to wait three weeks Lord. so i promise you guys i'm not stealing your money <laughs> i promise you guys these shirts will come there's no grift here i'm not shading anybody when i say that bear in mind i'm just saying i promise you guys are going to get your shirts you've ordered one if you haven't ordered one you should because they're fucking beautiful that they are i feel like i'm just saying words now. no it's fine like, I, feel, I feel like the whole the whole diagram about grifting was totally unnecessary like, i want people to know i am not when the when i say the shirts are going to take a little bit it's not because i don't have any plans to print them it's because i literally can't print them because we don't have the money yet like like i just want y'all to know that like i I'm sorry if it takes a little bit because, like, I'm I'm mad too. <laughs> like, it'll be it's, worth it. It's gonna be worth it because they're fucking beautiful, and there's gonna be a limited stock of these shirts at Russell Queerdom. So nice. That's gonna be fucking cool as hell. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I have anything else to say. Uh, shirts. Oh, the Venny shirts are sizes five XL too small. Normally people say that the other way around, but you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I've decided that the larger sizes are going to be the same price as the smaller sizes because I have to get plus size clothing and I don't like having to pay more because it's not always my fault that I'm not skinny as hell. Like, I don't know if people know this, but HRT fucks with like your metabolism a little. <laughs> <laughs> and given that my audience is for the most part like people who are trans and maybe on hormones i don't want them to pay extra for something that might not be something they can control yeah so i'll go in the next couple of dollars so it says small through 5x 
ships internationally. International might take even longer because that's just how it is. But, you know, you'll get the shirts. They're beautiful. Venny loved them. Like, we, we, made, we, we got these approved by Venny before we decided to sell them. Because I don't know if everybody does that. I, I have to help everybody does that. But, like, we work painstakingly with Benny. <laughs> so, yeah, we have... This, what am I even saying? <laughs> like, do I have anything else to say? Or do I just want to say words that are on my mind? Follow at Transcraps. <laughs> yeah, follow at Transcraps. Like, at Twitter, at Transcraps, Instagram, uh, Transcraps.tumblr.com, Transcraps on Facebook, subscribe to Transcraps on YouTube, follow us on Twitch. Maybe subscribe to Twitch if you want to. I'm not going to force you to. Uh, Twitch streams are kind of bad. <laughs> but uh, we have a Brain Buster Tees store. So if you want to nice. get stuff in there, get it in there. We're going to upload the rest of our designs to there soon. We've got, I think right now we have like the crisis of infinite genders and the wrestle queerdom logo shirt mm. there we're gonna get a few more crisis of infinite genders is my favorite shit we've ever done because i made it specifically to spite jackson Riker. because <laughs> he he said the gender crisis in a tweet and i was like hmm and then do you want better <laughs> crisis of infinite like then i, then I was like and I looked up to see if Crisis of Infinite Earths had a definitive logo, the comic series. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> Did just to fuck that guy over. <laughs> the same reason that I had an idea for a shirt. Like, an idea for a shirt based on a Jordan Peterson thing that he said that's really fucking stupid. That's going to be really funny when you guys see it. I can't say more. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you when we go off because it's funny. Okay. All right. So yeah, I think that's everything I want to say. Uh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop me before I say anything else. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> thank well, you. Thank, thank you, you, Sally. Thank you for having me. I'm sorry that I talk like a fucking cat. <laughs> I, uh, I'm trying my best. Thank you so much for having me, letting me talk about the show. Oh uh, yeah. I don't think I have anything else to say. No worries. Thank you. My thanks once again to Sally for taking the time to come on the show and uh, run through the card, run through the process of putting WrestleCrim together. It's going to be a really fun show there in uh, New Hampshire, August 6th. Uh, tickets are still available, obviously, and then, of course, the pay-per-view over on Looped is also available, so there are multiple ways for you to check out the show, whether you are in New Hampshire or the New England area or beyond, like myself. Um, yeah, it's going to be a great show. Uh, I cannot wait to see it. I- I'm very excited to see um, all of these people get more of a spotlight put on them because they're it's deserving. It's, it's very much deserving. We're talking about an entire card of Trailblazers. Um, and of course, Mariah getting another Hall of Fame induction as she deserves. Um, which also, by the way, don't don't think I didn't see hashtag one last ride, LA Rumble, that is Santino bros. Mariah's got one more in her. 
uh, and I cannot wait to see that and how that that, that comes off. Um, yeah. That being said, though, we're gonna cap it there uh, for the week. We will come back next week with another uh, edition of the show. Definitely, uh, if you are interested in coming to Cascadia in on September 11th up in Everett, uh, go to BrainBusterTix.com/Cascadia. We still have one front row seat left. We have other uh, general admission seating as well as standing room tickets available as well. Come celebrate with us. We're just we're under two months now. We're under two months away, and we've got a lot of other stuff to announce uh, in due time. But yeah, I'm I'm stoked. I can't wait to see uh, how all of this comes together, and just to have everyone come celebrate together for our community, our region, and uh, just ourselves. That's really what it's about. It's just about celebrating us being able to understand who we are and celebrate who we are. And that is just so pure and loving. I, I adore it. Um, but until next week, y'all stay messy, wash your hands, wear your mask, get vaccinated and boosted if at all possible. And y'all stop coming for Sandra Moon's clout. Bye. She made a deal with the demon so her lover could live With the moon inside and the devil inside the stick It's the formula six, six, six